The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. John 20, 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. And she said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in, the, in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus, and he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Now, thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me. Tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. On that Good Friday, we remember Jesus after he was betrayed. We talk about, or maybe even perhaps feel, for what he endured. The sacrifice, the sin, the shame, the suffering. Perhaps we don't feel good about it. Perhaps some assign guilt or a need, a need for something that I must do. But that's not what we will hear today. That's not what the theology of the cross proclaims. The theology of the cross, that cross, preaches Christ and him crucified, period. Nothing added. Yet, in our flesh, our flesh, we desire to understand. We look around the cross, past the cross, above and behind, perchance that we might see what God is really doing. For the cross is foolishness, we have read, to those that do not believe. Foolishness to the world, and yet our flesh seeks to understand. Perhaps we assign guilt. Perhaps we want to suffer or take up and bear our own cross because of our past sin. We expect others that are suffering, they're suffering as punishment for what they have done, just like the disciples that were with Jesus when they came upon the blind man and asked, who sinned that this person would be born blind? Some hear a theology that they too, they too must sacrifice for their sin or bear the shame and suffering in order to be more like Jesus. That's bad theology. That's the theology of glory. That's a burden placed upon you by you or by a person from a pulpit that says, do this, don't do that. Feel this, be that. You need to inspect other people's fruit. You need to expect your fruit. In short, the idea is, Salvation is from Christ plus what I bring to the table, what I do, what I say, what I feel. And that is how times, sometimes maybe you feel that way. Maybe even you believe that some of the time or all of the time, you need to hear the message today. 
if that's you, you need to hear that we proclaim Christ and him crucified, nothing more, nothing less. And today, today we focus on Christ fulfilling his promise. The promise today is fulfilled. This is the day in which no body was found in the tomb. He has risen. Alleluia, Christ has risen indeed. I'm going to share with you today the who, the what, the where, and the when. Looking at Mark 16, verses 6 through 7, similar to our passage in John, we come in at verse 6, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He who was crucified, he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Again, in the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. Amen? Death has fallen. The kingdom of Satan is cast down. Sins have been buried forever. That means life from death. That means a new creation. This is Easter, the resurrection of our Lord. Now what's it all about? Listen to the preaching of the young man in the long white robe who was at the tomb. The first part of the sermon, he proclaims who Jesus is and what he did. He is Jesus the Christ from Nazareth who was crucified. That's who. He was buried here he proclaims, but he is not here anymore because he is risen. This sermon declares that Jesus was dead, buried, and rose again. This sermon proclaims the good news that the horrific events of Good Friday have been turned into the unexpected and awesome events of Easter Sunday. Jesus died. Jesus rose from the dead. But there's more. Where is he? Well, he's going to Galilee, just as he told you. No, not just who he is, not just what he did, but also where he is. Where they can find him, he tells them. Where the Savior who died and rose will be for them. So then we fast forward to today. It's the same story. You got a not so you don't have a so young man, but a man in a white robe telling you the good news of Jesus, and that is that he died on the cross for you. 
in your place. And he rose again. Like he said he would. There's an empty tomb. The stone has been rolled away. Now your pastor also tells you where he is. But this time, it's, he's not in Galilee. But he's here in this church. He's at the font. He's at the altar. He's even at the pulpit. He's in the water. Oh, he's in the word. And he's in the body and the blood. For in those gifts, the Jesus who died and rose is right there for you, just as he said. And since he has said it, and since Jesus has said it, it's true beyond a doubt. Your sorrows have been turned into joys. Your sins have been buried. Your death has been defeated. You are a new creation with new and everlasting life. Christ is risen indeed. Then I want to take us to John 20, 13, similar verse to what we heard in Mark. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. John 20, verse 13. She's asking. She's asking these two what did they do with Jesus? He was dead on Friday, and now it's Sunday, and I can't find his body. And it's obvious that someone took it, moved it, misplaced it. That's the only conclusion that fear, doubt, unbelief, and despair can draw. But we know the truth. That that wasn't it at all. We know that Jesus was alive. We Alive as in not dead. <laughs> Jesus is alive. Alive as in not dead. As in his body wasn't moved, but he came forth bodily. From the grave, alive. And everything hangs on this truth. If Jesus was still dead and the body was stolen or moved, your faith is a myth. It's a lie, a load of baloney. But that's not what happened. Rather, something happened that has never happened before or even since. Someone rose from the dead with no help. Prophets in the Old Testament raised people from the dead. We know that. We read that. Jesus raised people from the dead. But nobody, 
ever has come back to life on his or her own. But now, Jesus has the Son of God, the Lamb of God is alive, and it changes everything. Now, sin, which brought death into the world, has been paid for. Its wages were paid to Jesus, and he rose anyway, showing that because he's no longer dead, our sins no longer stick to us. Death, which is supposedly just part of life, is overturned, defeated. It has been robbed of its power to steal your life. And instead, it has been made into nothing more than a nap for a little while. The devil, oh, he, he tries to torment us with fear of death. The devil has been stripped of his power to accuse and frighten us. The crushing blow of Good Friday to the evil one's kingdom is echoed in the triumphant rolling away of the stone from the tomb. And that victory of Jesus is now yours. For Easter, Easter is splashed upon you at the font in your baptism. Easter is sung and preached and shouted into your ears. Alleluia! He is risen! He is risen indeed. Easter is laid out on the altar for you to feast upon his body, his blood for you. And today, today is your victory because Christ has won his victory. Your enemies are done for. And eternal life is yours and it's all because of Jesus. Nothing that you add, nothing that I add. It's all because Jesus kept his promise just like he said he would. In the name of Jesus, amen.